This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. This is the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast presented by Relentless Boats, RelentlessBoatsLA.com, quality custom fabrication down in Thibodeau. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook, check out some of the really cool custom rigs that they're building and putting out down there in Thibodeau and a lot of exciting things coming from them in 2021, so uh, I encourage you to check them out, RelentlessBoatsLA.com. This is episode 55, and Kyler and I are back home licking our wounds from uh, our trips last week, hunting in the Midwest, and if you caught last week's episode, we were both on site at our respective locations, and um, Kyler had one last hunt to make, and I went down to Oklahoma and hunted a few more days before I headed south, so... Anything new to report from that last final ditch effort, Kyle? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> the feedback I got from the last podcast was possibly some of my favorite ever, which was, um, you know, like the whole like no news is good news rule applies to the podcast sometimes. You know, occasionally you've got to be on either end of the spectrum. Either it's like really good, like, hey guys, that was awesome, really, really like that episode. In this case, I got an overwhelming response of that was the most depressing podcast I've ever listened to. Uh, which, uh, yeah. you know, after I listened back to it, it was very, uh, very somber uh, and not very hope filled. No, um, but, but uh, no, I, I so <clears throat> I, uh, in hindsight, let me let me let me let me refresh a couple of things from that episode. We were hunting an island. We abandoned the island because the water got too low and it just got really dangerous to get there. When we abandoned the island, we also abandoned two cell cameras and one Tasco, which the cell cameras have continued to provide, you know, intel. Um, after comparing this week's buck activity to last week's buck activity and this week's weather to last i think it's very apparent that i I and we and pretty much anyone in south illinois was hunting the lockdown period or possibly not the rut kicked off yet at all i know there's some cruising and chasing in some areas but long story short the stuff i'm getting on camera the last four days is exponentially better than what i witnessed on stand um, and, uh, 
the place that I hunted last four sits, evening, morning, evening, morning, was one of the best um, deer hunting sign spots I've ever seen anywhere in North America. And I didn't see a deer except for you know the first sit on that Wednesday evening. And um, long story short, I didn't see anything. Went home, tail tucked and pissed off. And, uh, um, you know, the guys in my party each did fairly well. And um, one of the guys, Carlin, killed a really nice buck the final morning, Friday morning. He killed a really nice buck that morning. And, um, you know, happy for him. But, man, I left, I left Illinois feeling like the only – the only guy that didn't shoot anything. Um, yeah. Or well, you saw weren't. it so much. You weren't. Yeah. So my my little disclaimer for those that said the feedback that we got. So t- take into context the fact that you got two guys laid up in their camps blowing and going for a solid week with terrible weather and some less than expected success, uh, you know, from the stand. And it was just a perfect stew, a perfect mixture for a somber, <laughs> yeah, a somber. Because we were both tired, <laughs> and we were both uh, unhappy overall with the results. Uh, you know, compared to what our expectations were going into the week. But for me, I I went down to Oklahoma and hunted, and uh, I got to hunt two two afternoons and two mornings, which was a Friday afternoon, all day Saturday, and a Sunday morning. And Friday afternoon and Sunday morning were decent weather. Good enough weather you expected, you know, you might see deer. Saturday was brutal. I mean, brutal. Wind blew 30 to 40 miles an hour, and it got up to 78 degrees in the middle of the day. And I did see a giant buck on Saturday morning before the temperature started rising. Um, And I saw a lot of deer. I just, nothing to shoot. So, uh, nothing really changed. But, we're, uh... We're um, bringing back on for this episode our friends Thomas and Warren from Meat Chasers. Before we talk to Thomas and Warren about how their hunt is going, if you've heard us mention Scree Gear this season on the podcast and you follow along, you might have seen. And if not, now is your chance. Scree, that's S-K-R-E, ScreeGear.com, to check out the big sale they're doing. They've made an announcement that they are discontinuing their mountain stealth camouflage pattern and everything that they have in stock in mountain stealth is on sale at 30 percent off on the website and now mountain stealth is the kind of grayer micro pattern it looks really good in a tree stand it looks a lot like tree bark it was designed for darker below the timber line um, more up close uh, sort of pattern in terms of camouflage and um you know as companies grow things change and while mountain stealth was the foundation of scree it's time to move on got a very exciting offering coming out next season or next year and um offering a huge discount to uh, sell off all the remaining mountain stealth inventory so if you've been interested if you've heard us talking about scree and you've considered them and you've thought maybe you want to check out some of that gear um, now would be a great time to get into performance layering gear and save big money with the mountain stealth pattern if you recall just a few episodes ago when we had on thomas and warren we talked about their unique style of hunting and how most of their experience had been early season with deer on feeding bedding patterns and how they could get on them and um, they talked about how this year they'd be going up for the rut and how they might employ some of those same tactics hunting the midwest specifically western kansas in the rut so we're going to find out how that's been going for them what's going on guys oh not too much we're doing great how y'all doing well we just described it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm better now. I've been, I mean, I'm back to working every day, so I some sense of normalcy. But uh, yeah, so y'all are in Oklahoma this week, huh? Or right yeah, now, we, I mean, we uh, we we weren't able to shoot any more bucks in Kansas legally, so we headed south a little early on the way home. I I, I went ahead and bought an Oklahoma license, and just hunted this evening. And now we're camping. We're gonna hunt in the morning, and then we're gonna head home. 
Well, you know, one th- one way to think about this is um, if you shoot one illegally in Kansas, you don't even have to have a tag for it. So, no, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, I mean. Not wrong. <laughs> that's all these ones have been spotting bedded on private land while we're at it. Yeah. I uh, y'all, So y'all are hunting WMA. Y'all are going to try to hunt. They don't have the walk-in private land program in Oklahoma, do they? It's a different name, but they have something that's similar. But their their online mapping system is is crafted. Uh, it's it's the OLAP program. It's a crappy mapping system. So we just we came to this little tiny lake that's got a couple hundred acres of public that you can hunt, and it's I mean it's in the middle of Oklahoma City. There's people everywhere, but we might we might shoot us another another hiker buck. We'll see. Yeah. It looks like a hiker buck. <laughs> A lot of uh, jogging and walking activity on this place, and we'll tell you why that's a plus in a little bit here. Well, I can say this. I, I, I was hunting a, a private cattle ranch in northern, northeastern Oklahoma, but I was staying in a little town on the border, in, on the Kansas border, actually in Kansas, where they had a little hunter's inn. It's called Whitetail Inn, so it's little hunter's cabins. But uh, anyway, there were several wmas in an area that we were driving past back and forth the whole time i was there and i only saw one truck and i'm talking about like if you didn't see the wma sign you would have drove past that and thought oh my gosh that's somebody's got a fine place i mean yeah. like river bottom uh winter wheat planted in the in the ag fields along the road you know every i mean diversity hardwood swampy areas crp i mean it looked killer and and like i said in three days we only saw one truck from the areas that we drove past so um and i know while i was hunting in missouri last week uh, i talked to a friend that well actually two different guys that were hunting public land in oklahoma and all of them had success all of them killed deer big deer so oklahoma apparently is kind of a gem for some public ground yeah, that's what we wanted to check out because we always drive through it at night on the way to Kansas, and we're like, well, shit, let's kind of take a little peek, hunt once or twice, and see if we ever don't draw. This might be might be the next the next next deal. Yeah. What's what's y'all's opinion on why the public land in those two states is so underutilized? Well, the locals. I mean, as far as Kansas, I, I can we can speak to Kansas here. The locals just do not hunt. I mean, some do obviously, but and it's super low population. And then it's a draw state, so I mean, they give out a decent amount of tags, but not for, for how much land it is. There's just not there. There's enough land. I mean, they, they can do the draw, and everybody can have somewhere to hunt. And you, I mean, I don't think we saw. I don't know if we saw. Do we see any whitetail hunters? We had to no. see at least at no. some point. Well, there's that and the bird suckers. There's the uh, pheasant hunters. Pheasant hunting is extremely popular, so I think a lot of people. Uh, that's their deal rather than deer hunting yeah they don't they're just like you talk to a farmer they're like oh deers you guys you guys are hunting deers we're like <laughs> Yo, yeah yeah and they're like they're like uh, oh yeah there's deers you'll see them like all right thanks yeah i ran into quite a few guys that were quail hunting in northern oklahoma stopping at the gas station and all so apparently quail hunting is a big deal in that area too interesting well, so tell us, tell us about Thomas. What you killed your deer first? Am I right? This trip? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, te- so tell us, tell, bring us through how, how that kind of all came about because it seems to be in a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, it, it was pretty awesome. We, uh, we went up here hoping to try to spot one locked down and do some stalk, which we got into one day one and it. It was a three or four year old buck, but he just had kind of a small rack. It was the first day, so I kind of half-assed the stalk, but still had some fun. Got close, and then we we're riding around for I guess it was the first two or three days. Well, the first day, you skip an important part. I shot a buck on the first day, oh, yeah. the first afternoon. Yeah, that afternoon after that stalk, Warren shot one. And long story short, we got permission to go look for him the next day. Spotted him, locked down with a doe. He, we try to get on him. He jumps up, shot right behind the shoulder. Yeah, it looked like a perfect shot whenever I made the shot. And uh, then again, whenever he was dogging that doe in the cornfield with the hole in him. Yeah, so we was... just have no idea what happened, like why he's alive. But he's got a he's got a hole in him right where you aim, and he is 
got a will to live. Well, the guy, the guy that hunts that that private, that you let us go in there to look for him. He he's got cameras and stuff, so he's like, "Well, I'll either kill him or I'll find him." So we're like, "All right, we, we're gonna move on." So we moved on. We were seeing good shooters, but not really anything on public, or and just wasn't really working out catching something locked down. So we ended up going scout this little. It's this weird looking little park, and there's like a golf course and and uh, disc golf and all kind of camping, and and you, we're seeing people camping. None of them are hunters though people hiking around so these so we scout it we hit like the the northwest corner of it and then we go hit the northeast corner of it and there's buck tracks everywhere like big buck tracks running down these hiking trails like multiple sets and we're like man this is crazy like and dog tracks yeah <laughs> and and like, like what is going on here there's bucks everywhere so we go to the parking area and there's a hunter in there camping in a, in a camper and so we talked to him he's dude was from uh, arkansas i think and he's like, we're like, man, you got any deer around here? We didn't really tell him that we had just scouted. And he's like, oh, no, man, I'll hunt the private down the road. He's like, this place is nothing but hikers. He's like, it, you know, he basically, like, talked it all down. And I'm, like, thinking in my head, I'm like, well, we just saw some of the biggest bug tracks we've seen ever, you know, and tons of them, multiple sets. So we're like, well, this this may be kind of overlooked. Maybe these deer just don't care about the hikers because nobody's hunting them. So Warren goes sets up on that northwest corner. I go to the northeast corner. I literally set up on a, I mean, I'm talking like a 15 foot wide hiking path, nothing but dirt, like looks like a freaking racetrack almost. And I just get 15 yards from it where all these buck tracks are. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And I actually saw two does walking in. I'm like, this might work. So I'm set up. Uh, big mature male human comes through about 10 minutes after I set up and right through my shooting lane, just like I, I was hoping. Um, <laughs> just like, walking so i'm like all right well, this is gonna be interesting and then it's like 4 35 like kind of starting to get to be that time and i hear these people talking coming from my <laughs> west and I'm like look at this shit and i see and i like hear something running i'm like oh i think they spook a deer but it's a dog i'm like oh shit so like three dogs come through the guy's like yelling at his dogs and there's four people <laughs> and three dogs they come right down the path right you in front of me. me yeah so i text warren I'm like, man, I just had like four people right in my shooting lane. Perfect. You know, just like we planned it, just kind of screwing around. And, uh, and, and I'm like, shit, man, they might, who knows? You know, one man, I told right you that the, yeah. the spigot's going to open as soon as those people make it through. Yeah. So, I mean, and literally, and I looked at my phone this evening to check. It was because I had texted Warren about those people and then I called him after I shot. So it was eight minutes later. I hear something to my west in the freaking trail. And there's a little bit of brush, so I can't see anything but the deer's legs. And it, I knew immediately, I was like, all right, it's a decent enough buck. I couldn't see his rack or anything yet. So I clip in, and then he comes trotting right down the trail, right where the people went. Jeez. He stopped 25, um, and I draw. And, and he was cruising, so I was waiting for him. I didn't have a shot. I was waiting for him. He starts trotting again, and I stopped him and shot him at like 12 yards, right where the people walked. And uh, well, I shoot him, and he... He bounds like to like 50 yards and stops, and I can see the shot. I'm like, it's perfect, right behind his shoulder. And he starts walking, and I'm like, man, what? And and re remember, we had just lost one that Warren shot, definitely at least one long, maybe double. So I'm kind of starting to worry. The buck walks, crosses this creek, and beds down in some thick shit at like 80 yards. Well, he disappears. I assume he beds down. And so I'm looking, 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 and finally I see his rack, and he's bedded there with his head up. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And so I'm just watching him, and he gets up, and he starts walking back towards me. He walks out into the path at like 80 yards and beds down in the middle of this hiking path. And I can't get down because it's kind of loud right where I'm at, and there's just no cover. And I'm just watching him, hoping he's going to die. He gets up again, keeps going to my west, and drops down in this creek. And I kind of hear him rustle some leaves, so I knew he bedded down right there. So I'm like, all right, that's his ass. So he couldn't see me anymore, so I get out of the tree. And I'm just waiting for, I have like 10 yards of loud shit to cover before I get to the hiking path. And there's literally a bridge across this creek that I know he bedded within 15 yards of it. So I'm like, if I can get through this loud shit, I got him. So I wait for wind, I step, step as the wind blows. I get to the quiet stuff. I sneak around and I start coming around the corner of that bottom on that bridge. And I see his rack in the weeds at like 15 yards. So I just kneel down where I had some, I could get behind some cover and I just waited. And he, uh. After about 10 minutes, he got up to try to walk again, and I shot him, uh, and he jumped and stopped. I knocked another arrow, shot him again, quartered hard, and that one went in back and came out in the front. 
opposite front of his opposite shoulder and he crashed after that but man he's Kansas DI, I don't know what they're invincible we, we could not and these are all pass-throughs like uh, I mean it was bloody crazy. arrow like my arrow the deer that got away <laughs> on day one my arrow was soaked with blood and the deer was locked down with a doe the next morning yeah crazy. But, there man we uh there was just crazy sign and uh you know, we talked to that hunter and kind of got the scoop that nobody really hunts it because of all the hikers. So we're like, well, shit, maybe they just don't care. And that was the case. I mean, he came cruising right behind four people and a herd of dogs. So that was pretty crazy. That's incredible, man. So so after you recovered that deer, I mean, how was the actual first shot versus where you thought you hit him? Like, like were oh, yeah, you just was, like was, scratching was, your head or what? No, it was perfect. I mean, I hit him about four inches behind the shoulder, and it exited right in his armpit. Um, so, I mean, it, it <laughs> just didn't want to die. I guess they're rutting, and they're big, heavy deer. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. Um, was, he, was, he, was he, like, spitting blood or had any blood coming out of his nose or anything? Not that I – no, he didn't. Um, and, and I don't know if he wasn't going to just die that last time he bedded, he very well may have died. I mean, I, I, sh- I put two shots in him. It wasn't, but 10 minutes after I shot him. So, I mean, he could have died right there, but when he got and went and bedded in that spot that I knew I could get on him, it wasn't even, like, I didn't even think twice about it. I, I was going to go get another arrow in him. Um, it almost, so I don't know. you know, he just, just wanted, to like, uh, go ahead. Before. Sorry. Well, just just to like play, you know, theoretics here. When we shoot a deer in the south, it's such a um, like disruptive event. Okay, like you you you're not going to shoot a deer typically without it immediately trying to escape or bolt away as fast as it can, and almost makes you wonder. He was so calm, and maybe his head was just into chasing does and into the rut that if he just walked off and never really like bolted like that maybe that's part of what shuts their shuts them down yeah you know um maybe if they maybe it just takes so long to for those lungs to fill up with blood and fluid when they're just calm like that i i mean i think we can all agree that deer would have probably died given enough time but down here that's a that's a dead in 50 yards type of shot you know yeah um, I don't know. That's interesting, man. Especially since both of y'all did that, and um, and uh, and Warren lost his. That was that the same day or the day before that you shot your first buck? Or you shot that buck. Yours was that day was three. Sunday, so you yeah, your, yours was the first. Day, <laughs> right? it was the first. That was two days later. We ended up moving to a different area. We got on some big bucks, uh, and and we'll revisit this area later when Warren talks about his kill. But we got on some big bucks early, and I had late in the evening. On day one, so the day Warren shot, I had some that I that I got in close with the decoy, uh, big half rack buck, and he came to like forty and just wouldn't commit, saying I, I just didn't want to take that shot. Um, but then we ended up moving after that. You know, he shot that deer the next day. We found him alive, like nothing was wrong. And so we're like, all right, let's move on. So that's when we started. We kind of did some more running all that day, and then ended up running into this place where I shot my deer, um, which was about. I don't know, maybe an hour and a half north of where we had started on day one and two. And now the reason we didn't pursue him further after seeing him alive is because we met a guy that hunted the private that he was on, and he still has his tag. And he was like, yeah, that was the biggest deer. We, Whenever we were searching, we saw four bucks that was crazy. locked down we with went those on this, on this private, private with this guy. Luckily, we went to go look for the deer on public. Luckily, the guy just comes riding down the road. Like, hey, man, you know who owns that? He's like, oh, yeah, I work for the owner. I hunt all that. He's like, y'all, and he's just like volunteers to bring us in there to look for the deer. But we end up getting up on a glassing point. He's like, yeah, they bed down in this cut cornfield. We had like four shooters locked down with does in sight at one time. Of course, we couldn't, mm. we couldn't, his property. He's like, if we'd have found the deer, he'd have let us shoot it again. But we just had to sit there and watch. And he actually saw the buck. We didn't know it was shot. I was like, dude, if you want to go after that buck, I'll come and film you. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So he has a decoy. So me and him go down to shoot this buck, and it gets up and spooks. And that's when we realized Warren was up on the hill watching him. I'm glassing him running away. I'm like, that deer's bleeding right behind his shoulder. And Warren calls, and he's like, dude, did you see the shot? He's like, that was him. 
like holy crap the thing was, i mean he was cutting a doe bedded down with her like no no problem that's crazy mm. what kind of broadheads are y'all shooting uh i shot him with a muzzy three blade uh whatever their their mm. little uh, just a regular broadhead you know i'm shooting uh a, a big single bevel cutthroat it's hard to i mean i've I've personally had deer that I have shot that were following or chasing does, and it's not an immediate lethal shot. And I mean, I actually shot a deer when I was younger with a rifle in the in the like in his in the joint of his front leg and blew his leg half off. And he, you know, nosedived into the dirt, got up and started grunting and kept chasing the doe on three legs. Dude, I, mean, I think the <laughs> Big deer and the rut gets them where they just like override. Physical. It's just so hard to. It's just so hard to imagine how that deer the next day. I mean, in, I guess what I was getting at is, in the moment, I've seen it happen. I mean, I've shot deer with a bow, and they basically chased the doe until they died. You know, just yeah. lethal shot, and they just kept chasing the doe. Um, but you know, for them to be for him to be alive the next day, or, or even if not alive, but just to be. That's crazy. It's like, so he it's like was, those Michelin run flat tires. You know, you go fifty yeah. miles. You know, exactly. so you got Kansas has like run flat bucks. You run know. flat lungs. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. not with the doe the next morning. So he had found a doe <laughs> that night after getting shot, and and had chased her and got her to the point where he was locked down with her the next morning. Probably bred her that night and was going to breed her. You know, whatever they do, hang out well, with her. Day I or hope two. he. I hope he at least got his rocks off one time before he yeah. uh, before he expired. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Died right after that. I Maybe guess I if was... you're going to go, that's a good way to go. I guess. Uh. Well, there's not a lot of trees up here, so he doesn't have a lot of places to hide. And the the dude that's hunting that place. Yeah, we're thinking that get... guy's eventually going to send us a picture of his skull or shoot him or something. How big so is we'll... the deer? It was probably 130, 140. Yeah, it was like a. He was the biggest deer in the group. It looked like it was like a. What do you think? Like a four year old, whatever. Yeah. You know, 18, a, 18 inch, uh, 10 point, good mask. Yeah. Like, a, like a classic 140 Kansas yeah. four year old. Hmm. That's crazy. So, and, you know, the, the, I, I killed one that would, it scored 141 in Kansas, just, just exactly like you're talking about. You know, not quite that wide. He was like 16 and a half. Good mass, ten point, and I shot, and it was the biggest body deer I've ever killed. I mean, he was well over three hundred pounds. I, I can't, I didn't have a scale, but um, I shot one last year, same kind of deal, and the deer went fifty yards, and I mean, I hit him just like you're you're talking about, and he went fifty yards and died within five minutes. And it's just, it's so hard to, it's just crazy. It's a crazy story. I'd love to be able to examine the carcass of that deer and just figure it out because, I mean. You know, scientifically, there's got to be a reason. Yeah. You know, there's got to yeah. be something that 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 you're miss, it, missing, or or just some freak thing happened that you just can't see without being able to examine it up close or something. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I mean that one. I don't know. I got it. And and look, Warren, he shot him at eight yards. He's like, dude, it was you know. And then I got a good look at him when he was running away, and I'm like, dude, that deer's gushing blood behind yeah. his shoulder. I'm sure. And I'm with the guy that hunts the private, Tyler. And he couldn't see. He didn't get his, really get his binos up in time. And I hadn't. Warren's up on the hill. We hadn't talked. He, he's 300 yards away. Warren calls me as I'm telling Tyler this. He's like, "Dude, that was the buck. Did you see the hole behind his shoulder?" I was like, "Yeah, I thought like I could see blood. Like he was still bleeding." So the reason I asked about the broadhead was because I was, you know, I was thinking the obvious is if you were shooting some sort of expandable and maybe it just didn't deploy correctly or something, you know. So. Right. No three-blade muzzy and pass through stuck in the dirt behind him. My blades were still, like, not, the blades were still intact. It cut all the way through. I mean, it, it was stuck in the ground behind him. It was, you know, for everything that happened felt like a perfect shot. I mean, it went right through. I was like, whenever I released and it went through him and he hopped, I was like, that's a dead deer. Hmm. Wow. Didn't happen. So, so tell us about the deer that you actually did recover. The one you shot. So how'd that hunt go? Man, you know, a lot of stuff happened between that. We we put from the from whenever we arrived at the first spot. So we we left for after work, drove all night, and hunt. We're at the first spot for 
hold on, hold on one second. You, you have to acknowledge the fact that your Instagram story, when y'all left Baton Rouge, it was like I don't know, fourteen hour drive, and it, like your your arrival time was like five fifty six a.m. Okay, was your ETA, <laughs> and the caption was like, just in time for the morning. <laughs> okay. Right, it was like yeah. 16 hours. That's what we do every time. Yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. You <laughs> I know. saw that first morning, but somewhere. The drive know. is much better whenever you're, whenever it's actually going out for the morning hunt rather than driving to Kansas. Sure. Um, yeah. But anyway, from that from that first spot, from the first morning hunt to where I killed the deer, we drove 1,300 miles in between that. So we covered a lot of ground. We covered the whole unit. All the best spots we found in September, we drove uh, probably 30 to the public every morning from daylight till 9 or 10 looking for cruising bucks. Yeah, we didn't sit. Um, yeah, we. I sat one time, and that's when I shot the buck. Yeah. We were mostly driving. Yeah, yeah you shot your buck stalking. after like maybe two hours of hunting total. Yeah, three, we were mostly three driving hours maybe. and stalking. And uh, so anyway, we, we looped all the way back. We went north. Uh, went to Nebraska for a little while. Thomas hunted. Uh, Thomas saw that half rack on the spot that that he uh, we we had located a herd of bucks in September that were bedded in a cornfield and and uh, yeah, day two I was out there with him where he ends up killing his buck and I had I had bucks all around me at least two shooters and I had him you know pretty almost take took a shot of him with at him with the decoy and then we went up we went driving covered a bunch of ground went north ended up shooting my buck. And then we're like, after we shot my buck, we're like, it's been two days. Let's go back in there and kill those deer. Yeah. Like we pretty much knew. We had figured out there was a watering trough they were coming to. They were all in there fighting. They were all broke up. Like, there was yeah. two does in there that they were probably waiting to go in the heat. So then we head back that way. Yeah. So Thomas had a bad wind whenever he was hunting it. He was getting winded and just wasn't working right. So we we covered all the other properties. We scouted everything we wanted to scout all the mornings. 1,300 miles later, we come back wind is right now it's it's uh they're bedded on private off the west side of the property so thomas was hunting with a north wind they come in on the southwest corner and and go up north to to the watering trough and they were so now we got a southwest wind and it's just perfect they're still going to come to the water so i went in there and uh i found a tree 25 yards from the water trough and uh it was too big to get any any sticks or anything around it, so I just kind of worked my way up in there, about ten feet up, and uh, strapped my my uh, tether to a limb and was just kind of angling, sitting on a limb. And uh, about what was that like five o'clock? Whenever that half rack started coming in, yeah, I texted Thomas. Did. The half rack showed up, and I was totally going to shoot him. He's with his one side. He's still huge yeah he still had a brow time so he's probably 120 with half rack yeah he's a good deer and he uh so he's coming coming really close i'm I'm thinking he's gonna come there's a bunch of trails like 20 yards just perfect well he ends up coming walking directly to me just dead walk straight to me and at 10 yards I'm, i'm just sitting there clipped in waiting and he just recognized me 10 yards away and I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm like eye level with him because he was a little bit uphill. So he just recognized me and kind of was like, uh-uh. He, he turned and started walking to the side, and I was still going to shoot him. So, But, like, I turned, and my feet were on a limb, and it kind of made a little noise on the bark, and, and that's whenever he took off running across the field. So I was like, hell, I spooked him. That's, that's over with. Well, then, like, maybe four minutes later, I see this giant buck come running over the hill just – trotting straight down to the water i'm like hell yeah this is this is awesome and I, you know kyler i remembered uh the, the reason that our story was so good this time is because of what you said that it looks like we don't give a shit about our instagram I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like i was i was i was putting half rack all over the story i'm like i'm gonna shoot him you know and this thing <laughs> still i'm like man i'm gonna put my phone up in this uh little crotch of the tree and get him coming I got that, and that you know that's that, that was all you. I was like, I'm gonna do a little better this time. <laughs> I, I meant that I, I meant that from a place of like genuineness, like not <laughs> as like a, not as a bash, but just like 
you know, everybody on social media is so fake these days. Everything's about being an influencer or product placement or, you know, 700 hashtags, blah, blah, blah. And so when, when you get somebody or a group of people that are doing something unique legitly and like they're kind of rough around the edges, but in a good way, then like it's appreciative, appreciable, you know what I mean? So, like, I didn't mean that necessarily from, like, oh, look at these idiots. <laughs> I meant like, that, like, man, these are this is my favorite people on Instagram, you know? Well, I mean, everything we put on there is kind of an afterthought. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to really I'm gonna get this deer, I'm going to document this. Because what, what our Instagram is, is is basically documentation for us to look back on. And, like, we have specific dates of when certain things happen, so we can go back and use that for the future. And it's just kind of like everybody can see it. Yeah, anyway, this, yeah, yeah. so I got him, I put him on the story as he's running in. So I put my phone in my pocket real quick. He runs down straight to the water hole and I ranged him like four times. I'm like, I'm going to do this perfect. Like I can't have a bad shot. I have to shoot him perfect or he's not going to die because these deer are invincible. So like we've been doubting ourselves the whole trip. Like, should we even bow hunt? What, what is like, can we kill a deer with a bow? Because we're making these good shots and they're just like not wanting to die. So I range him three or four times, exactly 30 yards. I shove my range finder in my thing, and I go to draw my bow back. And at this point, I've been, my heart's been beating, and I've been shaking for literally like 15 minutes because I was watching Half Rack come in, and I'm just like a mess. The whole time he's coming in, up to 10 yards, he spooks. Four minutes later, I'm still not calmed down whenever this happens. And he comes running down, perfect just broadside drinking water. I go to draw my bow back and I can't get the thing back. I'm like, Holy oh, you can't, shit. you can't, you can't draw your bow, draw my bow. And I was cold. I didn't wear enough clothes. <clears throat> That's like, happened to me. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, you look at your arms and you're like, why aren't you working? Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be, this Dude, is a I giant buck. So and many I'm going to blow exactly this. Like that. Or like you go to draw back and like your release just isn't there. It was exactly like, oh, like one of those nightmares so i'm pulling as hard as i can i get it like three quarters back it's just about to break over i'm like oh i just can't do it i'll let it down i try again oh shit i can't do it so then i and and i'm in the saddle so i swing around the main part of the tree but away from him where he can't see me and i just hammer down on this bow like up in the air straight up pull it back <laughs> like like <laughs> a little kid from a bow and i get it back i'm like oh thank god Swing back around the tree. He's still just chugging away and just settle the pin. And then I, I completely calm down at that point. Settle the pin, sling it perfect, like makes the loud pop. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And then, you know, Colin, I'm thinking about you again. He's he's running away. I'm like, <laughs> from my phone. I grab the phone and I put him up like, and, and I start recording on the story as he's running out into the middle of this field. And I got him dying on our store it was it was so awesome and i was just like nice watched him die he's doing flips out there his blood squirting everywhere it was and i'm like man that's the biggest <laughs> deer might be the biggest deer i've ever killed we didn't measure him or anything dude, dude body wise that thing was a freak like every the pictures for some reason he just doesn't look like what he looks like in reality but that thing was a freaking he had horse. to be 300 pounds yeah and this is like Jeez. they've been like in in september this was like a, a freaking like definitely over 350 pound deer like it he's ridiculous looking and he's got a big old like a big roman nose like i've never killed a buck that looked like that his his eyebrows had an inch of fat oh wow yeah he's he's that's a big crazy. slobber yeah he's yeah, nasty he's horse, dude. It's, it's is crazy. that the, is that the buck that got you the um the buck on the roof hotel discount yes yes yes, yes. yes indeed. so nice. the, the girl at our <laughs> The server, we, we go get drunk after we shoot a buck. So we went to this bar, and we're drinking beers. The girl is a manager at at the uh, hotel at a hotel down the road, and she's, like, trying to get us to stay there. And so I'm like, okay, well, do you have a buck on the van discount? She's like, what's, what are you talking about, buck on the van? I'm like, come on, come on. Like, we, we put our forks down, take her outside. Like, look, here's a buck on the van. Check it out. It's, it's the best thing you've ever seen, right? <laughs> At the discount, so she calls her girl and's like, "Okay, get them this this suite for forty eight dollars, whatever." Calls they got in. some fine hotels in uh, Kansas. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine they're top notch. Yeah. yeah, and then 
seen the buck in the parking lot <laughs> this morning. Yeah, they had like a little sink out there. Like, oh yeah, whatever, do it. So we're just like cleaning this bucket. And we like <laughs> threw the carcass in the dumpster. We're like, we can do this. And they're like, oh yeah, they're coming today. <laughs> no big deal. We're like, all right, thanks. That's funny. Well, y'all's uh, when, when I saw y'all's story this morning cleaning that buck, y'all y'all started. So when you when you clean a deer on the ground, y'all y'all started at like you cut down the back first, right? Is that what y'all did? Uh, I pulled his shoulder. I pulled the front leg off first, and then I went like I did a line up the center of the shoulder, and then down the center of the back to peel off that side <clears> and, <throat> and pull the shoulder off. So I do one whole side, so then I can flip it and. I get everything off of one side, so it doesn't matter if if that gets dirty. So, so when when we were when when we were in Illinois, one of the guys in my party we <clears throat> killed the deer, and we didn't have the gambrel with us. Or like I've got this uh, trailer hitch attachment gambrel with a winch on it. Y'all might have seen it, hand winch, and we didn't have that with us at the time. And he was like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll just clean it off the ground." Well, he started like up the belly like you clean it if it was hanging and he got about 75 percent through one side of it and then there was like all three of, i wasn't really helping at the time i was just kind of standing there and we, there was this there was this moment where we were like yeah this is not the way that you do this <laughs> on the ground you're supposed to start from the back uh, and then go to the belly and then clean one whole side and flip it over and just start again. So just a, a word to everybody out there. If you ever clean a deer laying on the side, um, then uh, then you've got to do it start from the backbone, which which uh, actually, you know, I, I have this saying, which is that words mean things like say what you mean. Essentially, don't assume people know what you mean. And, uh, and so we're standing there. And uh, we're looking at this dough that we, you know, we're about to clean. And I was like, well, why don't y'all just clean it on your side? And <laughs> my buddy Brian looks at me. He was like, well, I've only cleaned a deer standing up, you know. Yes. And I was, <laughs> he was like, if we, he was like, if you clean it on your side, it'd be pretty hard, huh? And I was like, get right that. down with her. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like it'll be a, a new challenge. Cleaning deer while laying down. Yeah. What did you say about cocaine while ago? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, that's funny. Anyway, so y'all are y'all are on a man, and, and so y'all are done in Kansas. Y'all are done for the season, correct? Like y'all don't have any reason to go back. Midwest, well, yes. I mean, three technically three bucks in five days. We didn't find that one, which sucked. Well, we but, found uh, him, but he didn't die. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, we're gonna. Locally, and we'll probably do a Delta trip, and and we'll hunt, you know, hunt some, hunt, you know, Louisiana public land, and hunt at the camp a little bit. But uh, I found a cool spot on uh, down uh, in between New Orleans and Baton Rouge that on some Indian mounds that nice I think is really good. Yeah, that was close. I almost dropped it, but yeah, I got a good spot real close to home that I'm gonna try. It, Normally. Garbage. Is, so it, I, is it next be, to? Is it next to? Um, is it in between the parade grounds and and Tiger Stadium? Is that what we're talking about? No, not those Indian <laughs> not, mounds. Not not, not those Indian mounds. Somewhere in gotcha. between uh, Texas and Mississippi. Perfect. Yeah, mm. and we we, uh, we we like to keep things anonymous uh, uh, on the podcast for sure. We don't want to blow anybody's spots, so, except for highly detailed tactics of hunting midwestern states that's that's cool that's yeah no problem so how many days you guys in oklahoma uh we, we literally just I, I hunted this evening and i actually ended up seeing somebody shoot a deer that was pretty funny but i'm I, we hunted this evening and i'm gonna hunt in the morning and then we're gonna head back um <clears throat> i didn't pass through oklahoma without at least checking it out and i'm like well shit i'm gonna just buy a license you never know what could happen i mean i think you're gonna kill a buck in the morning this spot. oh yeah like if my standards are like nothing if i see like a basket rack whatever yeah. fuck he's gonna get, get a nice eight point sure. buck so i'm gonna hunt on the ground and some there's actually some pretty good looking stuff on this little park we're at um so i might shoot one in the morning we'll throw him we're out of ice chest room so we'll just gut him and throw him on top of the van and throw. <laughs> so y'all did get a van yeah. huh Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude, we got the caravan special. It's no Sienna, nice. but it's it's doing it's the trick. Nice. It, they're gonna they lost big time on this one because this is a uh, this is a, a Chrysler and it's already like struggling to find gears and we we got it. You know, we really we did the thirteen hundred miles was probably seventy five percent sixty miles an hour on dirt roads. Yeah, 
No. That's what we should name this episode is It's No Sienna with Meat Chasers. It's No Sienna. Or 60 miles an hour in a minivan on a dirt road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or was, buck, what buck on the roof discount. Buck on the roof discount. Yeah, that's a good one. I was out glassing for him to try to find another one. It was right before he killed it. And I spotted a freaking monster, but there was somebody behind me. So I had to go like two miles north. And let her turn, and I turned around. I was going like eighty on this freaking gravel road, trying to get back to that buck. And I and I got no, this in, was crossing. This isn't like a Cat Island dirt road. These these babies are nice. Oh, I mean, is. you can go. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Can <laughs> Midwestern dirt roads are not. Uh, it's not the same. Not the same. Thing. It's a different kind of dirt and gravel. Like it's totally different from what we have. The, the, look the 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 uh, levee the levee tops in Illinois. We're nicer than like Highway 90 between like Morgan City and Lafayette. Okay. Yeah. Like, per- We're working like with perfection. You. What? Yeah. It's the bed. It's a bedrock situation, isn't it? I mean, they have a harder soil, or something. I don't, it's like a a sandy soil, but they work them. They, yeah, the they just work them. A lot. State works it probably every couple of weeks. Yeah. I almost got stuck in Missouri. Uh, you know, bragging on the roads, and I had I had a spot where um, I thought I was going to go after it rained at that front pass through Tuesday. And I, I tried to go in there as soon as it quit raining Tuesday morning. And that was not one of the roads we're talking about. That was actually one of the low lights of my hunt because I had this spot. We've been running cameras and all set up and ended up not even be able to hunt there because I couldn't even get in there. That one front <laughs> washed the whole dang thing out for the week. Jeez. It was really bad. We do experience the same thing on, on these roads. Like, if it rains, we didn't get any rain. We got one yeah, drizzle that didn't even knock the dust down. But if it does rain hard, you you got that, that good base, but, like, a two-inch layer of owl shit yeah. on top of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Slick, slick, slick. So, w- when y'all are going out there and doing these trips, where are y'all staying? How are y'all staying, staying, like, staying at night? Oh, yeah, just wherever. Yeah, like, yeah. wherever we're close to. At the, we, we usually <laughs> have, like, no the time we'll usually get a motel like in the middle to shower and shit but we uh like if let's say we get out of the woods we just google map whatever camp we there's usually some we usually can find i don't think we paid for camping once until the night but we'll find a little state or whatever and we just have some cut fold up cots and sleeping bags throw the cots out put the sleeping bag on and go to bed we this time we lucked out we found a we found two different parks that had like a little shed thing where we could keep the frost. Oh, that was that was nice. Yeah, and it didn't. It only it was only super cold right at the beginning of the trip. It was only getting down to like thirty five, almost every night. Did y'all get naked just for old time's sake? Uh, no, no. I wanted, no, but no, I mean, that's, that's like, only for Africa. Yeah, <laughs> pull off and start running around in the woods partying. Well, partying. <laughs> Well, uh, so y'all got one more hunt left, uh, first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm looking at the map right now. I'm actually getting pretty freaking pumped. This place looks stupid, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be deer everywhere. I'm going to be right behind like a super fancy neighborhood, and none of these people are hunting for sure. So They may be jogging. Yeah, they're probably jogging. That's, that's how you know it's going to be a good setup. Well, well that's I, a, a, new ta- I, a new tactic we've learned. So, so when y'all are timing your trip up there, are y'all giving any consideration to, like, the Midwestern rut in, in, in its entirety? Like, meaning, like, you know, Kansas, Illinois, um, Nebraska, Oklahoma, like, the whole region? Are y'all, like, like, the, like the whole cliche Midwestern rut timing? Or are y'all more like, hey, we know this is the time. This is when we go on this trip. This is when we go straight to Kansas. Well... I feel like now we'll feel like that, but we've never really hunted here in the rut. We did it uh, two years ago, and we and we had to cut the trip short. Um, and we saw a bunch of shooters, and that, that was early November. This 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 year, we decided to do it a little later because we were wanting to see more of that. We were lockdown. trying to time the lockdown, but yeah. I think I think peak breeding like the day we got here. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So we missed lockdown. We were trying to we were trying to get. Where we could, because our style, we, we're driving the whole time. So, like, if it's locked down, that's perfect. Yeah, especially we in this open terrain. And watch them and go bed down, which we did day one, but it just wasn't a huge buck. 
and that was about it. Most of the bigger bucks we saw were cruising, so we kind of felt like they already bred, and they broke off and were and were cruising again. Yeah, I think they were looking for a second for round two or round three, even uh, the bucks that most of the big bucks that we saw, I think, were looking for for their second or third doe. So, so I think I think next year I'm gonna go when I go to the Midwest. I'm gonna go this week, not last week. So my dates. My dates for this year's trip was November 6th through the 13th, which is a Friday to Friday. Um, and I think what I'm going to do next season um, is I'm going to probably do like maybe somewhere around the 14th or the 13th through until, um, well, if I hunt Illinois, until shotgun starts, which like shotgun st- shotgun season starts the day we're going to release this, release this episode, which is Friday. Um, oh. And so like you, you can't, you can't you're not allowed to archery hunt in illinois during shotgun um there's a couple of exceptions on private land but i can't i bought an annual tag for illinois and i was going to go back this weekend until i got you know my parade rained on by that but like i said those cameras that we left running um the activity this week has been tenfold what it's been the last four weeks well not to pour ice water on it but I've I it, it's it's impossible to to predict this because I've I've been on multiple occasions I I've kind of gotten into a um, a pattern now where I go I try to go between the seventh and the twelfth every mm-hmm. year because I have you know like ten years of of uh, data to go off of and I've been that later twelfth thirteenth fourteenth this this week we're talking about on multiple occasions and every time i have they've been locked down i've i've been late it's been tough i agree with and this year was this year was different this year it was some of it i think had to do with the weather but typically i mean i've killed three big shooter deer on november the 8th in the midwest um over the last five years six years and uh i you know it's hard i mean i you got to just make a decision and go but there, there's factors at play. It, it, it's definitely not. You can't set your clock by it or, or, or your calendar by it because. I yeah. see. We would see like three-year lockdown with a doe, and then you drop a mile, and here's a big four-year-old, four or five-year-old shooter cruising. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I think this year that that uh, you're right about that. I, I think the best time, uh, Kyler. I think you have it right. Your, your dates are right. It's because because we. There was a lot in our story. A lot happened in between what, you know, what we did here in Kansas. We covered thirteen hundred miles. It, we didn't see the crazy rutting activity. It wasn't like, like bucks chasing everywhere. I mean, we saw a few, a few bucks here and there, but we had to cover a shitload of ground to find bucks. Those deer in there where Warren shot his buck. They were still acting like October deer. I mean, they were coming out on a on a, well, a walk to drink that water. They, and they were just kind of checking each other out. They weren't cruising. They weren't. I mean, it was. I don't know if they bred already and were waiting for the does in that area to go in or that. I don't know. I they think, were not. I they were not. Sorry. Go ahead. That, that's it. I mean, they were just. You know, there was four or five bucks in there. Whatever it was, November fifteenth to the eighteenth is the range that we were in there with. They weren't they pushing were not does. Doing rut stuff. Well, I personally think the one thing that I can definitively say was very different this year from several years past that i'm comparing against is that just terrible weather pattern that came through the midwest like um last weekend through the first part of the week like friday through tuesday where it was 75 degrees with a 25 mile an hour south wind for four straight days Mm -hmm. I, i think if that hadn't happened if they had had more average you know, they're more yearly average weather where um, it wasn't so drastically off for such a long period of time. I, I think the rut activity would have been more consistent across the board to what we're used to seeing because I, I'm going off of information from people the week before, information from people last week, and now information like you guys are giving from this week, and everything is just thrown off completely more like it's almost like scatter shot you know to your point you know you'd see this and then you drive 
an hour down the road and see that and then you know kyler and i are, are both kind of experiencing some of the same stuff between missouri, northern missouri and southern illinois and then people all in between us are having a lot of success and seeing a lot of road activity and i really just think the weather pattern across the midwest this year it happened at the worst possible time and it just threw everything into a loop and i just i i'm i'm walking away from this year saying i'm going to stick to what i what i think i know in terms of date ranges and i'm just going to chalk this year up to a really crazy year i mean obviously this is a really crazy year for a lot of reasons but as far as the midwest rut goes i i i personally am just attributing the weather has just made the rut completely unpredictable this year yeah Yeah. it was bad year for the standard method of rut hunting in the midwest but the thing is it doesn't it doesn't matter any any weather conditions like if you're covering ground like what we're what we're trying to do is find bucks that the ones that want to die so you just keep looking cover ground i mean we're we're driving non-stop until we find bucks that are easy to kill yeah i shot one cruise and he shot he shot one just coming to water i mean they, they all you know and that and that was the deal they were just all doing different stuff like if you're sitting on a on a saddle that every year in the funnel you know a perfect funnel saddle doe doe bedding all this stuff i mean we we found we went and scouted probably seven or eight places that looked like that that had scrapes everywhere trees torn up that we didn't even hunt it was just some of it the, the weather isn't really that important if you if you're just looking for bucks that that want to die yeah yeah it all depends where you're at definitely you're definitely cutting off some of your uh some of your problems like the problems that kyler and i had where we're trying to hunt sign and areas and and you know you're you're cutting that out completely and you're just saying you know what screw the sign (laughs) i'm looking for the deer itself yeah literally because during the rut i mean even like pretty damn fresh sign it just depends what they're doing you could look up and he could be there but he could be I mean, you, you, there's a certain threshold of terrain, the way the terrain needs to be for it to work <laughs> this way. Um, and, and Kansas is way past it as far as how open it is. Like, I would never consider any other alternative, any other strategy, because if they're moving, you're going to see that deer. Like, and you pass some up for sure, but but you don't miss the ones that are active. And, and, and it's nice and warm. And you find those hot pockets, like that will key you in. And then you go in there to actually see what's going on and to get in tight to them. And then, oh, shit, here's six bucks, like, coming out of that same spot. Like, that's yeah. where it's hot. That's what you got to find where they are right now. But we come into Oklahoma, and the terrain we're in right now, it's a little bit thicker. And I'm like, see here, if we came on here, what I would do is I'd get a boat, and I'd come hunt one of these big public land lakes. I'd be doing the same thing, but it'd be on a micro scale. We'd be bumping around different coves and, and moving around. But in a, in a time period, because there's more cover, and you're not going to – you got to be a little closer to, to them to spot them. So, yeah. you know, it all where you're at. But, I mean, when you can see, it's like, man, I, I have a real hard time going in blind and sitting in a stand for four hours. Especially at, like, 25 degrees in oh, the morning. Yeah, like, this, this, we get this heater pumping. Oh, man, it's nice. We go flying down them dirt roads. We got our binos <laughs> ready. It's it's a blast. Like, we're, we're, we're out here partying. Yeah, this is yeah. not – it's not uh, as – as serious as uh, I think a lot of people take it. Like we're we're out here partying. Yeah, we're it's a blast. doing donuts well, every and you know I've got fun. I've got friends that spend all last week hunting. <clears throat> that you know they'll pay a couple thousand dollars for uh, a five hundred, eight hundred thousand acre lease in Kansas to just you know farm just to call theirs and they'll you know I had a I had a, a a good friend of mine, my my banker for my business, he spent, I think it was seven or eight or nine days there, and he missed one shot at a nice buck and and didn't get another one the rest of the time. And you know, I I, I tried to like t- not turn them on. Like obviously, y'all are on the podcast with us, so y'all aren't super protective to your methods. But I was like, you got to listen to what these guys are doing. They have a a totally different set of set of tactics and a totally different set of uh of goals and, 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 um, like approach that in mind. And, um, and, uh, you know, some, some of them listened to the podcast, some of them checked out your story and was just like blown away because 
I think I, I will admit if being Louisianians and being forced to have, like you're saying, like you have no option, but to still hunt some areas, you know, if you can't see further than 50 yards and yeah, you can't, you, you can't really do what y'all are doing up in the Midwest like that. Even if no. you can see 300 yards, you can't, but you know, that's obviously gotta be some factor in why y'all leave down here and go up there. But we take our tactics that we do here locally and we yeah. apply them to a place that it's not really conducive to, I, I would say. And I, of course, I'm, I don't have any experience doing what y'all do. And I don't have it. I've only been to Illinois twice, you know, and, um, you know, I passed a really nice buck. I should have shot the first year. And then this year was just a bust entirely. But, um, you know, that's why we like talking to you guys is you'll just, y'all, y'all are way outside the box. You know, well, here's, here's the thing. <clears throat> place, if we had access to that, we may hunt it a day or two, but we can't, I mean, we, we talk about this often, like we could get access to the best place in Kansas and, it is not, it's unthinkable to sit there for a week. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a place where, because you got to think this terrain's open, these deer are moving. Like, you can be on the greatest place ever and sitting on this funnel, and yeah, two hundo might come walking right through Tuesday at, at 145, but there's so much public land. That, that buck's going to be walking over public land probably three hours later. I mean, they cover so much ground. And so to tie yourself down even to even to a thousand acre farm yeah. to me that would That's stress me out so bad like i want to be able to move and find a buck that's living on somewhere that i can hunt without asking anybody permission and go yeah. in and i mean we could you're gonna i mean we probably saw we probably saw 10 to 20 shooter bucks a handful on public i saw a big probably 150 amps locked down with a doe and he wasn't but a couple hundred yards from public it didn't work but i mean that was close i mean you're gonna run into it. It's like um, it's guaranteed. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, it, it is. It's a guarantee. Yeah, yeah that's so cool, man. Yeah, very cool. Well, um, it, it's uh, it's funny because we we've I've gotten some feedbacks from people. They're like, "Man, y'all need to talk about Louisiana hunting," and I'm like, "This is way cooler than Louisiana <laughs> hunting." Yeah, and you rent a car. You don't have to hunt in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, get you a Sienna and a cot and uh, and a pair of 12X binos, and, and you're in business, bro, you know? Like, for anybody that, that has not thought about this, like, think about it. If it's not – people that are from the Midwest have said this a hundred times. They're like, oh, it's not well, – there's not a giant buck behind every tree. There are giant bucks behind every fucking there, tree. There aren't that you, many trees here. You need to come <laughs> – is like it's, it's if a, you're from it's not it's not that there's it's not that there's that many bucks it's that there's that few trees is that your point well uh, there's it's less, magical there's less hunters the terrain is makes it so predictable i mean when you find a buck you're like all right there's a buck on this property it is like okay here's where you go and you're going to kill him if he's there and he gets up before dark it, the, the terrain is easy the public the, there, there's no pressure you can look at a map and put an x on his bed and that's where it is i mean i think everybody's got to try this stuff at least one i mean literally all you got to do is if it's a draw state put in if not buy your tag and literally rent a car and and head north i mean it's it's pretty pretty simple you don't need a bunch of crap you don't need to rent a cat you don't need to go to you don't need to go to the most popular wma and camp out there for seven days just go ride around I mean, it's party. It is all awesome. fill the fill the ice chest with beer and and go. Is <laughs> this is we're we're just out here partying and we happen to shoot a deer every once in a while. I love it. Well, that's cool, man. Well, uh, that's uh, that's a good trip y'all had, man. And I hope y'all kill one in the morning too, dude. That would be sweet. That's yeah. where I hope. I'm gonna shoot any freaking <laughs> buck that I see. <laughs> End it on I know. <laughs> hey, you got yeah. two. You get two tags in Oklahoma too, don't you? Yeah. Two bucks. I might have to double double down. I have to check and see if you can shoot them both in the same I'd day. I Google it. I yeah, you see can. All that. You can. That's what I thought. All right. right. Uh, we, I, we <laughs> here. Yeah, I was watching a deer out in the greenfield this evening. I walked out a little early to just watch and see if I could watch one come out. I see this deer. I'm like, oh, that looks like a buck cruising about 500 you yards away. You were going to cut him off. Yeah, I was kind of getting a game plan to get ahead of him. And all of a sudden, I see dust. He starts taking off. I'm like, what the hell? He runs in the woods. 
He comes running back out, and then he hits the ground and starts flopping around. I'm like, dude, somebody just shot that freaking deer. He got up and went back in the way. It must have been a shoulder shot or something. But I saw the guy's light kick on like 10 minutes later. Hilarious. It's rifle season there, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, it wasn't a gunshot. I mean, the dude was bow hunting because I didn't, I didn't hear anything. I think it's either it, it either opens this weekend or it just opened. I'm not sure. I know it's very soon. Maybe it's this coming weekend. But yeah, it was it was a pretty really pretty piece of property. Um, you know, just it wasn't quite in the right spot, but did see a few deer that walking out. So cool, very cool. Well, uh, let's wrap it up, guys. I, I hope to kill one in the morning. I appreciate y'all coming back on again. It's always fun, always a blast. Y'all got anything that y'all want to add before we jump off? Man, that's it. We're ready to eat back. Yeah, we got to get some deer meat cooking here. We're about man. to light this fire and go. Well, do your thing, man. Thanks for coming back on again, guys. Good luck. Let us know how you do in the morning. Yes, sir. Right. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you have anybody you'd like to hear on the show, reach out to us at info at louisianabowhunter.com. And if you want to help support Louisiana Bowhunter, go by your local archery shop and pick up some merchandise. If you don't have any at your local shop, let us know and we'll reach out to them. Or pick up your gear at louisianabowhunter.com and we'll ship it out to you same day. See you next week.